0: Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. My name is Will Patch. I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader here at Niche. Today, you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen on the go. You can find all the resources that are mentioned, as well as the original recording on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz slash insights. Enjoy. We're going to be talking about the results of our 2022 College Searching Parent Survey. Uh, so just want to kick off here. A few housekeeping things that always come up. Uh, just always get these questions. Thought we'd address them at the front. Uh, yes, we are recording this. Uh, you'll get the recording link tomorrow uh, on the Enrollment Insights blog. There will also be uh, the link to the slides, some additional resources. Uh, and then we'll also be including uh, the results of a, a little poll that I'll be talking about in just a moment here. Uh, you can see all the results of the surveys and all of our other surveys, all the rest of the content. On that enrollment insights blog as well, niche.bz/slash-insights, and you know there is going to be an audio version as well. So if you want to listen to this, or if you want to share the audio version, listen to the podcast. Uh, you can find it in the enrollment insights podcast feed. So you'll be able to find all that. Um, so that'll be that'll be something that I know a lot of people prefer to listen. You know, on your commute, walking the dog, all that. Just always want to put that plug out there. As you have questions or comments that come in today. On the right hand side, uh, usually is where the GoToWebinar uh, console loads. You'll be able to drop questions in there. I have those pulled up on other screen and we'll get to them at the end. We had a lot of questions come in in advance, so we'll get to those first uh, and then go on. I mentioned a little bit of a survey. So, here after the webinar closes, you'll get a survey launch, just three questions. Uh, we had questions come in asking about how other colleges were doing parent engagement. Um, you know that's something that i just want to go through and and we can address that um by just asking you and let you uh kind of get your own your own thoughts and feedback that way um uh, okay i'm gonna check one thing here first yep okay so Getting us started here, just a quick overview of what the what the survey is. This was our third annual parent survey. Uh, this is a survey of parents whose child has started college this fall. So this is a look back at the entire cycle. Uh, we did ask questions then about how their child selected the college, where they differed in their um, in their ultimate decisions based on what the parents wanted, what the parents thought. Um, so there's some of that in there as well. I'm talking more of the tactical and the recruitment side today. Uh, we had 91% of respondents were the parents of first time enrollers. So that would be those seniors in high school who started Uh, 2% were re-enrolling parent uh, students. So these were the students who had stopped out, uh, dropped out at some point, and then have come back. Uh, Then 7% were the parents of transfers. So a little bit here. And again, I forgot to mention the last slide, if you want to see the results, if you haven't yet, Uh, You can go to that QR code or to the link niche.bz slash parent survey, and that'll get you all of our parent survey results. Uh, Just break down some of these, uh, just a few, three high-level points. Parents were second only to their school or college counselor in terms of the influence they had on students. So that really speaks to why it's important to have outreach directed at parents and to really speak to them and bring them in on this search because they did play such a big role for students. Uh, parent involvement tends to increase over time, and what I mean there is throughout the funnel. We're looking at um, you know, how involved, because we asked parents, did you search with your child? Did the child take the lead and you just supported, uh, or did you do the search for them? Uh, and the later we got, so once we got into fall of senior year, spring of senior year, after graduation, uh, that's where we saw more and more parents who said that they were the ones taking the lead in the search, and it was less on the students. Uh, so that's something that was interesting. It seems like this, the parents and students who start earlier, the parents are in that support role. As we get later and later, the parents are taking more of that lead. Um, and then we saw parents of re-enrolling students. They were the most likely to say that they did the search for their child. So when you have these stopouts, when you have these re-enrolling students, that's where it's really important. I think gets forgotten a lot that the parents are still involved at that point. So I want to break down this discussion into two parts today. We want to talk about understanding the parents, uh, what their search process is, and then ultimately how to communicate with them. So we'll dive in here to the parents search for college. What did that look like? Well, in terms of timeline, parents reported that they started their active search. And what I mean by that is that's when they're not just receiving information or seeing information, it's when are they actively starting to go out on their own, look for college information, uh, you know, check out the deadlines, Take that that active approach. But just like their students, it tends to be going on a little bit longer in the past. And we saw it was interesting when we saw students this past fall starting a little bit earlier. We saw that pull back on the on the parent side. Uh, that biggest change was that junior year and earlier where it consolidated a little. We didn't have as many parents. And if you think back to what was happening back in 2020, uh, you know, it makes a little bit of sense why we saw that as well. students on one hand reported that their school or college counselor was the most influential person in their search very important uh, but parents said that they felt that this the counseling offices were understaffed and I don't want this to read as any kind of negative any kind of negativity uh, but rather as a call to action you know we know that college counselors, school counselors, IECs are just spread too thin and the parents of students are feeling it. So when we ask students about who influence- influences that, we know they play the biggest role. Um, so, really, just want to use this as a call to action. Keep working with NACAC, keep advocating for more school counselors, more resources. If you're in a position where you can help support uh, in terms of additional resources, if you can take things off their plate, please keep doing that because students and parents feel it. And just like the students, we saw the parents saying that their college search is primarily being done online. You know, all that print pieces that people love to send just isn't such a big deal we know the search is online but where online really matters so what's interesting here you know social very low barrier to entry it's very low impact for parents uh, as well as online forums or groups for parents uh, you know those are very low in terms of usage Uh, what we saw the most was online content from colleges meaning their websites videos uh, the things coming directly there uh, followed by niche Uh, so that's where we're seeing the most Search and activity online. There's a second part to this question. You'll see in the in the full survey results, looking at the impact of these, and that's where you see some of those other things like social dropping down even further. So speaking of social, because that always comes up as questions again, uh, the majority of students said that Instagram was their top search network, but for parents, that's down the line away. Facebook is their preferred network. Not a not a big shock there, I know. Uh, we did ask a follow up question this year. Uh, in terms of, okay, you use these networks. Now, if you used it, how helpful was it? And when we did that, that's where Twitter had the largest share of parents saying that it was helpful in their search at 90%. Now that may change now uh, because Twitter has changed significantly. Um, Drops down Instagram was the second most useful at 87%, Reddit at 81% and Facebook at 80%. So you're seeing some of these other things in there. Uh, Snapchat was interesting. It was both the least used by parents and of those who used it, it was the least helpful to them. So. All right. So let's communicate with parents. How do we actually reach them? This was the most common question, so I'm going to address it now. Uh, I had about half a dozen people send in this. I uh, just wanted to, to get there. And this comes up anytime I mention parents at all. How do we get parent and guardian contact information? And the good news is that that is a very easy question to answer. Uh, because if you know the student, you also know the parent, right? You know, you can frame any of these as either name and contact information for the parent or guardians. Um, you might want to frame it depending on the student and their situation, uh, who is helping you, who is working with you, who is advocating for you, uh, and who do you want included in your communications, and then giving them the option of selecting some relationship, because it may be a mom or dad, maybe a step-parent, maybe a grandparent, aunt or uncle, um you know there's other people in here i I just use parent as sort of a shorthand so i don't have to say parent and guardian every single time Uh, but keep in mind that there's a lot of people that may be connected here Uh, i'll start off with applicants that's by far the easiest it needs to be on the application right once a student implies that's very easy to get their parent contact information Um, when we talk about your inquiry so the students coming to you asking for information or in our case, coming to niche and requesting to be contacted by a college. So either, and my preferred one, the one I always ask for, make it a supplemental form after that student inquires. So keep your inquiry form light, keep it simple, get their information and then respond. So answer their inquiry. So if they're inquiring on an academic page, answer their questions about academics. If it's on a financial aid page, answer their questions about financial aid, and then follow up. Ask for a supplemental form to provide more information, including parent, guardian contact, um, just so you can provide max relevance to them as well. The other way, what I've seen before, is just adding it to the inquiry form as well. What that winds up doing though, is it just makes the inquiry form even longer, which also leads to fewer students filling it out. So I always recommend a supplemental form to your inquiry, just following up. Uh, For prospects, these names that you've bought who didn't necessarily ask for information directly from you, you know. And as part of your conversion campaign, where you're trying to get them to ask for more, trying to get them engaged, that's where you can say, hey, you know, your parents may want to know more about us as well. How do we get in touch? You're, you know, who else would you like to make sure knows about niche university, uh, whatever whatever your institution is. Uh, and then stealth parents, that's a big one as well. So these parents, you may not even know who the child is yet, but there's parents doing the search for their child. How can they reach out? And that's where you can have these parent inquiry forms on your site, having a parent role in your CRM so that parents can inquire. They can say, well, my child is graduating in 2023. You'll have different information for them. 2024, a little more general, you know, less action-based, uh, but you don't necessarily have to know the student in that case because you can still provide relevant parent-centered information to them. So your step one is knowing how to reach them. That's the easy part. Step two, knowing what to talk about once you have this way of reaching them. Well, overall, and this was the big problem, this was the one that that surprised me, frustrated me, 43% of parents said that they received information tailored to them as parents. So the majority here did not receive information that spoke to them as parents. Uh, And this could be in the form of, well, they just got email with the student's name on it. You know, that's not recognizing their parents. That's not recognizing their role. Uh, So, first step, first thing to do, they need to know who you are, but more importantly, they need to know why they should care, right? You know, Even if these parents are alumni of your institution, things have changed. So you need to make sure that you build their brand, increase awareness of who you are, what matters, why you're different, and doing it in a way that speaks to where they are as well. So not necessarily, hey, we're gonna put all this parent information out on LinkedIn doesn't necessarily make sense because that's not where they are. The big one here, only 3% of parents said that college's brand or name recognition did did not matter to them. I'm going to repeat that. Make sure if you're you're doing other things, check an email, make sure you hear this. Only 3% of parents said that college's brand or name recognition does not matter to them. So your brand, I always include name recognition because not everyone really knows what brand is on the parent side. Um, but that matters so much, right? They need to know consistently, coherently, who are you? What do you stand for? Why do you matter? Um, so that's, that's really important. You know, it's not the be all, you know, we're not going to have parents who say, well, we would never consider a school I hadn't heard of at this point in time, but boy, if you want to get their attention and it's the same thing goes for students, having that awareness early really makes a difference. So building your brand is just so incredibly important. You need a strong digital presence so the parents find you where they are and they're consistently seeing who you are. That's what brand is, right? It's not just a marketing campaign, it's consistent. They're hearing the same things, they're seeing the same things. You know, They can repeat and tell other people who you are. So don't wait too late in the cycle. Don't wait to start communicating with them until senior year. Get out there early, start with these managing digital profiles, uh, you know places like niche where you can do remarketing from your profile, stay in touch with them, stay in front of them, get in front of them. You know that's so important social media, yes, it's less important to them, but having the occasional video photo questions that's directed to parents, make sure that they are valued and they are seen. But when you're doing this, when you're building your brand name, when you're building your recognition with parents, really with anyone, I would say you need to be able to answer four questions you need to be able to answer. Who are you? Because they might not have heard of you before, right? Uh, You need to be able to say what you offer that stands out. What's different? Why should I consider this school over the one in my backyard, right? You need to say where you are because there's some names that are similar or if they don't know who you are, they want to know where you are. Um, And then ultimately, why should they care? Why should they care about who you are? About why they should give you their attention, their time? And that's one that gets missed a lot. Right, Because we love the institution. We assume everyone who hears about it should love it. But why? What speaks to them? What matters to them? That's important. So when you're reaching out, you need to start with these high value pieces, the relevant outreach, build that affinity, earn their attention. And then once the, the, you get a little further in, you've had some back and forth, that's where you can do some more high touch pieces. But ultimately, you have to do the things that grab their attention and make them advocate for you, make them fall in love with you, really. Um, In terms of what information should be sent to students. Now, the the student numbers here are so low because when we ask students, 57 percent of them say they don't want their parents to receive things. So that's something to keep in mind. Yes, you know, that's something that, okay, the students might say they don't want to. I think that comes from wanting to be the gatekeeper still. Right. They want to be able to tell mom and dad what they care about and not mom and dad ask them all the time. Hey, did you see this thing? Did you hear about that? Um, But we know, I mean, we've all been there. We were all 17, 18 at one point. Um, Still having some key pieces of information go out to parents is going to be important to you. At the top end there, most important to both groups is financial aid and cost information. That's what they care about most. Uh, I'm seeing a better job uh, from colleges very early on, you know, sophomore, junior outreach, going out with financial aid information. Great. Keep that up because it matters on the front end. Uh, for parents, then academics, deadlines and events, those were pretty close, pretty even. Those were less important on the student side. You know, the second most for them is they said, ah, just send them a copy of everything we receive. But parents don't necessarily want that. They want things tailored to them. So speaking to them in terms of, you know, hey, we know that you're a parent, here's our parent newsletter uh, that speaks to the things you care about, like safety, affordability, outcomes. What services are there to help my student? Coming from parent voices, that's a nice one too. So if you have parents of current students who can come out in videos and blog posts on social, who can talk to their experience and what they love and what, you know, hey, here's some, some tricks I found to help my student survive, help my student thrive, I hate when colleges use the word survive because that means there's a chance they won't. uh, So thrive, you know, there's, there's all these things. Majority of parents there, that parent only content would be some of that, right? So how do parents measure quality? We gave them four metrics and I asked them to rank, what's most important, right? Compared to parents whose child started in college in 2021, this year, the parents placed more emphasis on acceptance rates. To measure the quality of the college and less on job placement rates that was really interesting to me right um uh, i, I want to dive a little deeper on that in a instant insights um, this next year my guess here is that with everybody hiring out in the world right now that there's this belief that well job placement rates are going to look a little bit different right now when you can drive down the road and everyone has a now hiring sign out okay I maybe I'm not so worried as I was five years ago uh, still very important, but graduation rate is still number one for them. That hasn't changed. Graduation, most important, retention, least important, which makes sense, right? Who's going to go in to the process saying, well, I don't think my student will graduate. I don't think my student will retain. You know, they all assume that that's going to be the case. Um, this is one that that I won't put out there. Rankings do matter. They're a proof point. They're not the be all end all, but they are someone else saying, hey, I think this place is great right? It's the same thing you do when you're looking for anything. If I'm looking for a car, I want to see what other people say about it. There's other people going out saying, hey, this is really great for safety. This is really great for families. That matters. It is a proof point in the process. 83% of parents said the rankings were important in their decision two thirds of students did. So when I hear people say rankings don't matter, well, that's that's factually untrue. It's not a be all and all, but it is a proof point saying that here's what matters and why. So speaking of proof points and other people promoting you, that's a big part of this. um, We asked what other parents and what their voices were influential. Uh, And this was an interesting question. You know, your parent ambassadors, right? These are the parents of currently enrolled students, right? Assuming, right? But I want to ask this in a way because I I separated them this year. I want to see, does that official title change that perception? And it absolutely did. You know, I think that you might want to think about that framing of your parent ambassador program uh, if you have one, because while they really cared about the parents of currently enrolled students, when there was official parent ambassadors reaching out, they said they were much less impactful. Uh, And this is eliminating people who said they didn't receive that type. Um, Other college searching parents. The biggest increase, though, was this reliance on other currently enrolled student parents. Now, where do you want to talk? What channels should you be using? And this was surprising. I think part of this is driven by the fact it's a look at the end of the cycle. So after uh, the student has enrolled, 52% said video chat was important. That was impactful to them. So while students really don't like that, that's the bottom of the list for them, parents do. Email, view books, letters, postcards for both students and parents. Postcards are very low value items. I know everyone loves them, but you know, you like creating them, you like designing, you like sending out 10 of them in your com flows, they're not doing much for you, right? There's too heavy of a reliance on print in general. Uh, But going out uh, with creating these video chats, once you have a relationship, I would say don't go out to your prospect parents and say, hey, would you like to have a, a video chat? Okay, maybe not the right tactic there, but we know it is impactful. So even offering that, if you use something like Calendly or other scheduling software, having that option to not just have a phone call or reach out with a text message, things like that, but have a video chat. It seems to be very desired for parents. All right, after the webinar here, before we dive into the questions, just a quick three question survey um, so I can provide some feedback on on terms. Uh, We had a few people who reached out and asked, you know, what are are other schools doing for parent engagement? I'd rather hear directly from you. So once I get those responses, I'll share those out uh, with the recording. We're gonna get to our submit questions first. I know we have a lot of questions that have come in uh, early here, but go through. If you have something that you want to comment on, something you want to have a question about, um, you can drop it in in the chat on the right side of your screen. Typically is where that loads. So first up from Suzanne, would a web page be just as effective as printed material for parents, or more effective in reaching? Uh, you know, I would say they do different things. A web page has that SEO role, right? You're getting more traffic that way. As a self-serve role, where people can find it on their own time, they can read it you know, as they need it, refer back to it. Uh, but you can also use web pages, web portals for parents as a way to drive inquiries from parents. So I mentioned that Stealth Parent. Uh, those are the ones who you want to have some way to reach out to parents, even if you don't know their student yet. So that's a great way to get in front of them there. Um, You know, this can be a landing page, make an entry point where print isn't going to do that. Um, Relevant print serves a role, right? Having something that speaks to parents, a really relevant way, If you ask them what they care about, and then you lead out with that. Uh, So if someone says that safety is their number one concern, and you can have these relevant pieces go to them about that, sending relevant pieces about how to connect with other parents, you know, there's a role for that. Um, you know, I think that's something that we see a, a lot more reliance on these online like a web page. but also they're going to do slightly different things. It's more effective in regards to some goals and effective at building a relationship because print's going to be one directional. But if you have a web page, you can have a chat client on there. You can have all sorts of things that facilitate two-way communications. Uh, just want to say it again. If you know the student, you know, the parent. So if you only have a student contact information, that's where print can be that entry uh, with a QR code, with a landing page, where the parent can opt in to receive information as well. This one's a mess because there were three questions that were so closely tied together. I put them all together. This is from Norma, related questions from Teresa and Elizabeth. Uh, You know, the most influential, I'll I'll, I'll read the questions first for anyone listening later. Uh, Is there a certain platform for communication that's preferred or used by parents? What type of content have you found to be the most valuable and helpful for parents to receive? And then, interested in learning the best strategy for engaging parents. I felt those were so closely tied together. The most influential, we just mentioned a little bit ago, that's video chat. I really recommend doing that after you have a relationship, though, or just have, having these open office hours, things like that. Uh, emails, view books, letters. Less than a third of parents said that parent communities or online groups phone calls or text messages or even postcards are influential um, so when we also asked and, and to drive home that point that I made about print when we asked what they received the third most common thing that parents received was postcards and yet it's the least influential by a wide margin so rely more heavily on some of these more online things you know um, in terms of of the types of content videos are a great way to address common pain points. If you can have it from a parent perspective with a parent voice, even better. You can host them on on your web pages, that way it's on demand. People can come back, view them at their leisure. Uh, Someone can come two months after you post it and still get the same information. Uh, You can include them in emails, they can be live on landing pages, you can share them on social. You know, using those current parent voices really make those more impactful. I would say parent guides are something to invest in, spend some time with. Um, So, for example, make sure they have this clear message, a clear goal. Uh, So something like a lingo guide, you know, what's the terminology you might come across or the timelines that you should expect? Um, You know, something that speaks to parents going through this for the first time. If I'm someone who didn't go to college and I've got a student doing this for the first time, if I can have some way to answer my questions so I don't have to raise my hand and say, I don't know what's going on. That just makes them more comfortable. Um, having a guide to navigating offices on campus, you know, that's something that parents might not think to ask, but can really help them. Um, I like this idea of a insider's guide to the admissions process, uh, where you can go through and say, well, we've got some behind the scenes tips and tricks. They're all public knowledge anyway, but you make them feel like they're gaining something really high value that way, by giving them this guide to, you know, what what timeline do you need for applications? What's regular decision versus early decision? Um, and then ultimately any outreach that you're giving needs to be meaningful and relevant. It needs to speak to them as parents. Uh, it needs to solve problems for them, not just saying something you want to say. Uh, so you need to think about it two ways. There's the goals you have, right? You want the students to visit, you want the students to apply, you definitely want them to enroll, but that's not solving a problem for them. That doesn't speak to what they want and need. It's speaking to what you want and need. So I'll give you an example here. What's typically happening Hi, parents of Jess Patch. Uh, Jess should come for a visit on to Niche University on 115 for our Green Day. Register here. I cannot tell you how many emails that almost word for word look like this that I've received. Now, how do you make this relevant? How do you make this something that's meaningful? There is no secret sauce here. You build rapport. You you stay in your brand. You provide relevance. So it might look something like this. Hi, Will, I'm Jess's counselor, Kelly. I know that he hasn't visited yet. I wanted to encourage him to come to our Green Day on 115, so we can learn more about the education program. In this case, if Jess has learned about the education program, uh, we can make sure your questions are answered then too. That's something that feels more human. It speaks to that education program that he's interested in. You know, this is something that is a better way of reaching, right? Include your direct communication with the counselor. So when you're speaking, directly from a counselor directly from a person instead of university of or office of you know that's something that makes it more personalized more relevant well, especially if, if this is someone who has already spoken to a counselor be it a affair be it on the phone an email if you then come back to them from that person that's more relevant that's more meaningful Hey, how do you communicate with parents prior to an application when you don't have parent contact information? Uh, Thank you, Chris. This gets at at what we spoke to a little bit earlier. I just want to keep saying you do have their information because if you have the student's information, you have the ability to do an opt-in campaign through their email, through their mail. Uh, You know, you can follow up on your inquiry forms with supplemental forms asking for more information, including parent contact information. Even if all you have is the student's email or the student's home address, you send a, a A a letter with a QR code or a piece with a QR code where you say, hey, you know, I know that that your parents are a big part of this, your guardians, whomever, Uh, you know, how they can stay informed with our parent newsletter, our parent resources, have them sign up here. That's a great way to get in front of them. Uh, We had actually the the same question come in from Rudy and Ellen, Uh, you know, I think virtually, what kind of parent-only events are effective? Virtually is a great one. Uh, Hit key topics, so financial aid, academic segments, so speaking to a college, speaking to a major, speaking to a program, whatever your terminology is there, uh, speaking to support services and how they can help their student advocate for themselves, uh, providing just that general information, especially for prospect parents, having parent panels where current student parents can speak to them directly. If you're doing this in an in-person event, you can have parent-only sessions as part of the day uh, or have part of the day where the students and parents are separated for their own part- portions. So the students have this their own piece speaking to maybe current students. Parents have their piece speaking to st- counselors, staff, current uh, students, parents. I think there's two benefits when you do it that way for an in-person. There's a little bit more comfort in asking questions, right? There's things students will ask when the parents aren't there. There's things parents will ask when the students aren't there. I've been in the room for these and it's it's really interesting uh, how much more comfortable they are. Uh, but then I think there's a secondary benefit that it facilitates conversations on the ride home where they didn't just sit in the same room next to each other the whole time. They have something, hey, what did you hear about in your session? What did you hear about? Did you know about this program? It, it provides those talking points because the more they talk about it, the more they're sort of ingraining that information in their brain too. All right, from Sandra here. What would make parents consider university outside the US? Well, parents and students are open to going abroad to a small degree. It's not going to be everybody, right? And we saw more parents and both more students saying that they were open to going further from home than they have in the past. They're getting that comfort. You know, this has to be something they don't just get from a college here, right? They can't just say, well, we offer X major because there's Thousands of college here, they might get that. Sure, there's that novelty of being able to say, Well, I went to college in Australia, in the UK. Um, you know, I, I was recently at my kids' swimming, and uh, there was a parent talking to someone else who kept feeling like every five minutes dropping, dropping that their student was getting their master's in Scotland. So there's that novelty, there's that talking point. Uh, I think what you have to answer, though, is what are you so good at that's going to stop them at the tracks and make them say, I can only get this here? That's an experience they can only get at that institution. Are there pricing things that might make it much more appealing for a U.S. student to go abroad? You know, it has to be something that really stands out because it can't just be, well, we're good at this. Because if it's something that, you know, if you have a great business program, okay, there's thousands of colleges in the U.S. that have a great business program. What stands out so much? What experience will they only get there? You know, if they want to study... Marine biology, you know, boy, if you're a a university in New Zealand, Australia, you have some things there that they can't get in the US. So we need to think about what really separates you. Uh, From Jim here, how are parents' expectations of colleges and universities changing and what factors are driving that change? Uh, I'm going to actually cheat a little bit, answer the second part first, the world's changed, right? everybody's reevaluating what matters most. Parents are more open to opportunities further away and at a higher sticker po- price if the value and the return on investment is there. So there has to be something that stands out, right? There was a rise in parents evaluating the the quality by acceptance rate. More than a third of parents said they looked at that as their number one metric for evaluating quality. Our retention rate was the least important by four times as many. So that's something if you want to talk about how much students love it and you want to share your attention rate, that doesn't matter to them. They don't really look for that. Um, that's one of the ways they're they're changing that expectation. Job placement rates, dropping in importance. Um, which is really surprising. I really just want to say again that I think it's they see all these job postings, they see everybody hiring, you know, the expectation is that their students will be safe. That's one of the most important things, that, that will be affordable, you know. But ultimately, what do they get out of it? What are those outcomes that they that they will get? What experiences will they have? Uh, from Sarah, can you share some specific examples of ways to include parents? Uh, based on what the students said they wanted, what the parents said they wanted to hear about, include them early on financial aid conversations about the price. So have a piece if a student, if a parent says financial aid is very important to me, or cost, or or however they want to phrase it, you know, what information are you sharing in terms of email, a conversation you have with them? Uh, maybe you do sh- small webinars, things like that. Talk about how do you bring that cost down? How is aid evaluated? Use what you know about the students then to also provide relevant information about the major that the student says they're interested in, what experiences matter. So if they're interested in the arts, if they're interested in study abroad, provide that to parents uh, in terms of, you know, a video, hey, I I recorded this quick video that speaks to X or, you know, I I would love to connect you with one of our faculty members. Are you available for a video chat at these times? Um, Just get in front of them with what matters the most. Include them in this process. Might be an email series, might be a virtual event that speaks to a host of these. Could be an individualized letters, things that you're doing personally, um, outreach from parent ambassadors, something else that fits your brand and is standing out. Uh, that's a big one if you're doing something that looks and feels different but fits your brand i can't tell you what fits your brand Uh, you know brainstorm with your staff brainstorm with your current parents your students it really makes a difference Uh, from gene here are the parents of first-gen students more or less likely to engage with colleges well i decided to dive into this and i looked at four ways here Uh, are they engaging with admission staff Are they engaging with other campus staff? Uh, Are they taking campus visits? That's definitely engagement with the college. Uh, Are they engaging with parent ambassadors? Um, The thing with first-gen parents, there's gonna be a number of barriers. Uh, There may be just the generalized, they don't know the process, the timelines, there could be language barriers. Um, When when we've done a look at first-gen students, there's a very high number of them who are also um, groups who tend to be Uh, either refugee groups or or groups like that Uh, so they may not be able to engage because they don't know how to ask a question Uh, or they don't want to raise their hand and say i don't really know what the next step is Uh, so having either a first gen admissions counselor a first gen student first gen parents who are there now who can speak to this is a great way to help build that comfort so looking at these four things uh, and i'm giving that breakdown here of first gen versus not first-gen. And we looked at two ways, Uh, both did they engage with this and did they engage with it and report that it was useful. So in terms of admission staff, you see first-gen parents were more engaged, right? 72% of them said they engaged with admission staff. Uh, Non-first-gen dropped off quite a bit. Uh, When we look at other college staff, they're a little less engaged. Campus visits, we saw them a little more engaged. Uh, And then parent ambassadors. So First-gen parents definitely are engaged. They want to be engaged with your processes. Now, some of these, where we see like the other college staff, they rated as less useful. It's curious now, why was that? You know, did they not know how to speak to them? Did they assume that they just knew what was going on? So, there's some things there, but yes, first-gen parents are very engaged. They're very interested in being engaged. Uh, so don't don't kind of write them off. I know there can be this misconception that, well, the parents won't be involved. And that's that's definitely not true. Uh, last one here from Brace. Where is there alignment between students and parents on the trusted sources of information for college um, and, and college decisions? Uh, this was interesting. At the top, so I did a comparison of resources for parents, resources for students. Uh, there wasn't a lot at the top of the list that they had in common. Uh, the only thing that appeared in the top three for both was niche. Uh, For students, their number one was their school or college counselor. Uh, But for parents, that was very low on the list. Uh, Online content from colleges, that was top four for parents. Uh, That was the top for parents, sorry, but fourth for students. Uh, When we look at word of mouth, so family, friends, what they're hearing, uh, that was second for students, but it was more middle of the pack for parents. They didn't care so much for that. Uh, There was a lot more alignment at the bottom. What was least important? That's where the forums, parent or student groups, those were least important for both groups. Uh, social media, and that was pretty low on the list. What's interesting? Direct outreach from admissions offices was very low on both. That really surprised me, but I think it speaks to what we saw. Uh, one of the questions of the student survey, where they said they weren't getting relevant information, that everyone sounded like they weren't providing what what they asked for. Uh, so a student says, "I'm interested in." in you're a biology major, and the college comes back and says, apply today. Okay, I can see why they would say it's not very valuable, right? So that's where I think there's a huge opportunity there for the colleges to both do more relevant and more meaningful outreach to parents, really speak to what they say they care about as a way to help drive that up the list. Because I want to see that up at number one or two next year. We know the staff are great. We know the staff put a ton of time and energy in. Let's get them in front of parents in meaningful ways. Okay, we had a lot of questions come in. Uh, we'll start running through those. Um, you know, if you want to see the full survey results, if you haven't yet, there's the QR code and the link. If you want to follow up, if you have questions for me directly, you can do that there. I'll just do another plug here as well. There's a short survey that will pop up uh, asking about how you're engaging with parents. You know, I'll share that information uh, afterwards in the in the follow-up. Okay, first up here. Just a reminder that, yes, this recording will be sent out after, uh, so you'll get that. There's also going to be a podcast version on the Enrollment Insights podcast feed. Uh, So when you're using a supplemental form, so this is from, uh, I I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Keisha. Uh, If you're using the supplemental form, how do you determine who to ask? I mean, age ranges for the actual students. Well, I would say ask everybody. Make it optional, but just ask, you know, do you have someone who's helping you with this? And maybe then providing them the option to say who it is, whether it's a parent, a guardian, a grandparent, aunt or uncle. um, If it's if it's someone else entirely. Really making sure that they can help share this information with their advocates. Um, So that's one that I don't think it matters, especially because back at the beginning, we saw a lot of parents of students who are re-enrolling, So they've stopped out at some point. Parents, Students who are re-enrolling who said they were the ones really leading the search. So that may be a 25, 26, 35-year-old student whose parent is the one really advocating for it. So I don't think the age necessarily matters there. Uh, Much more of a when does this child plan to start Uh, or when does your child plan to start? When does this person plan to start? Um, How do you know when the relationship is built online? Uh, So what type of engagement should we look for? That's a great one. Uh, I always say it needs to be a dialogue, not a monologue. If you're just sending information and not hearing back, there's no relationship there. If this parent has responded, if they're engaging even, if you can see while they're opening, they're clicking through on the links, there's, I wouldn't call that a full relationship, but there's interest for more there. Maybe it's, hey, would you like to do a quick chat um, so I can answer some specific questions about financial aid if they've been engaging with a lot of financial aid content? Um, I think it it just comes from have you had that conversation Uh, or if you've been talking to the student a lot, you know, assume that the parent has probably heard your name at that point. Uh, So that's where you can jump in and say, hey, I've been talking to John a lot. I'd love to get to know you and see what questions you might have as well, um, because I don't want you to feel like you're left in the dark. That's something that, that I think will go a long way. Uh, but that is—that's a very good question. You know, I think there has to be that—that that dialogue, that back and forth. They've responded to something. They've engaged with you. Uh, it's not just you talking at them or sending them things. Um, reminder from Jeff that it's not always moms and dads. Yep, I mentioned that. That I'm using that as a shorthand, saying parents, but it can be anyone really involved as the advocate for the student. Um, uh, let's see and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, sorry if I get wrong here, Quasha. Um, does it hold true across the board for colleges if there's a different perspective for large universities, small liberal arts schools? Uh, yes, these held true across the board. Uh, you know, We didn't see these massive shifts of, well, those looking at privates only really loved postcards. You know, We didn't see anything like that. Uh, there's some minor differences on the student side, but we just don't see that on the parent side. So yep, regardless of where you're at, the parents are going to be involved. They should be included. Um, yeah. Let's see. You don't have their ages. Uh, if you don't have the student, okay. I think I answered that one already. Okay. Uh, Christine uh, asks, rankings do matter, but they're not created equally. How do we know what rankings are legit enough to promote? I would say any any sort of rankings out there look at what the methodology is. Uh, I know a niche everywhere there is a rate or a grade, you see a link to all the methodology. Um, I, I believe other sources do this as well. If not, email them, ask. Uh, they serve you essentially, so they should do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the ones that you feel are worth promoting uh, that speak to a proof point you want to have someone else advocating, you for, advocating for you, use them. Uh, If you don't want to, don't, but just know that students and parents do look at them. Uh, So that's, yeah, it looks like that may be all the questions coming in. Um, Just a reminder, thank you to everybody for coming today. You'll get a follow up tomorrow with the recording. Um, We'll have a link to the podcast version as well. Uh, There's a three question survey coming up after this. Uh, You can just go through and and I'll share the results of those in terms of how uh, schools are engaging with parents. But thank you all. This was the last webinar of 2022. I appreciate all the support over the year uh, and look forward to seeing everyone again in 2023.